0: Hello and welcome to the Proper Car Podcast. I'm Drew Markey, and I'm excited to share my love of cars and my knowledge of the car sales and service industry with you. The goal of this podcast is to help you be more informed about the car buying process, to help you find the best car for your needs and your budget, and to help you enjoy car ownership more than you've ever imagined. I'm your ally in car buying, and I can't wait to help you out. So let's get started. In the past, I've covered some topics around budget and I've brought up points about what you can buy with the same budget when shopping for new versus used. You've sent in some comments on this point specifically around how you've never really gone about car buying with that thought process. So I figured it might be a fun episode topic for today. I'm going to cover some budgets from ten to $50,000 in this episode with A variety of different types of cars. The goal here is to provide some examples that fit the majority of those that I see on a regular basis and for it to help you to see some options you never would have considered. I've always found it funny how people perceive prices of cars and I'm gonna share some of those examples where we tend to be way off in how we assume Uh, the cost of this car versus that car looks. And a lot of times it's based on the badge or the type of car. Anyway, I think this is a fun topic and one that will give you some really interesting things to think about uh, depending on what your budget is for your next car purchase. So let's get started. Recently, I was driving to lunch with my friend Chris and a black Lamborghini Urus drove by us. I pointed it out to him and told him that the car costs around $350,000 and he was blown away. He hadn't even noticed it and we talked about how it costs more than a nice house where we live. His confusion around why anyone would spend so much money on, well, any car, but especially just an SUV being used to run errands in, was pretty understandable. Uh, And we talked about how there are plenty of cars you could buy for a quarter of that budget that would actually just be better cars based on how it appeared this one was being used. Uh, But of course, they lack that Lambo badge. Even something like a Tesla Model X would be comparable in a lot of ways, even with performance, uh, with the types of quick acceleration that each of those vehicles offer, and even that would cost a third as much money. That and the other questions and comments that I've received recently around what you can get for various budgets prompted me to put this episode together. While the Lamborghini was an extreme example and really just proof of the fact that we have a perspective based on badges and the increased costs that they come with, it's actually kind of shocking how often it can work the other way around. So let's talk about a couple of different budgets and what they can buy, starting with 10 grand. Obviously, you've eliminated all new cars at this price, but you might be kind of shocked at what you can and cannot buy with $10,000. If you want a decent little truck for trips to the hardware store, it's not going to happen. Not at this price. Unless you're willing to deal with rust or an iffy history for the truck or lots and lots of miles. It's kind of shocking, right? And cheap little trucks have always been a thing. The first vehicle I bought was a Ford Ranger that was in pretty decent shape. And at the time I bought it, it was around nine years old. And it cost me $3,000. It ran great. It was, you know, exactly what you want a truck to be. Unfortunately, those times seem to be long gone. However, 10 grand can still buy you a bunch of low mileage vehicles, specifically domestic cars and vans. And in the case of somebody shopping for a truck because they need some utility out of it, those could be other options to consider. I mentioned it before, but my 2003 Mercury has less than $60,000, and it's an under $10,000 car. And that's with a V8 and tons of storage space and the ability to, you know, tow a light trailer. So it can do a lot of those truckish things, which is why I got it in a lot of ways. But, you know, even if you need more room, you could find plenty of low mileage Ford or Chevy or other, maybe, domestic vans from the early 2000s for four to eight thousand dollars. And it's not to say that these are always the best cars in the world, uh, they may not be the most reliable. You know, a lot of those domestic minivans from the early 2000s are not known for being incredibly reliable cars, um, but the utility they offer is incredible. And if it's not something that you're depending on every single day or you don't want to look at, you know, something with 250,000 miles uh, and you know that your odds are still a little bit better for the low mileage one owner vehicle, um, then it's definitely something to consider because even something like an older minivan can remove seats and have massive amount of storage space, probably do a lot better on those trips to the hardware store than plenty of trucks do. And you know what else $10,000 can get you? You can get a decent sports car. I found a bunch of pretty nice condition BMW Z3s, Mazda Miatas, Nissan 350Zs, and all kinds of other sporty cars in this price range. And a lot of times these are the cars that people assume cost significantly more than they do in reality. And while 10 grand isn't gonna buy you a lot in the newer uh, car market, you're still gonna have options if you're willing to buy something that's maybe a more basic car, uh, or if you drive manual transmission and you're fine with something that's a little bit more Spartan in terms of features. You can find newer cars in my search to see what's out there for this episode. I found a 2016 Kia Soul with 19,000 miles for under 10 grand. So there are definitely options, even if you want something that's a little newer and low miles, it's still possible. On the other hand, this same budget could buy you a one owner. 2011 BMW 328i sedan with 108,000 miles, or a 94 Lexus SC 300 coupe with 126,000 miles. You know, those are the types of cars that, yes, there's maybe some added costs when you have to do some maintenance, but if they've been well-maintained, and in the case of, you know, one owner or low owner cars, that's a lot of times the case, uh, you might be getting a pretty solid car for that kind of money. And these are vehicles that are very comparable to something on the new car market in the thirty to $40,000 range as far as general amenities that they offer you. Maybe because of their age with a few less uh, maybe safety or uh, modern features, but realistically uh, something like a Ten-year-old BMW sedan is going to be a pretty nice car to be in, um, especially if it's been taken care of. So that just goes to show um, some of the range of what is and isn't possible for a single budget like ten grand. You know, you got two people who go buy cars with that same exact budget. One comes home with a rusty. Chevy pickup truck and the other one rolls up in a pristine BMW. And would you ever think that the same money would buy either of those two cars? As the budget increases, you'll find even more interesting comparisons. Let's say you're shopping with around $25,000. Now you could go buy a few of the cheapest new cars on the market. Kind of shocking to think that 25 grand is currently what it takes to really have a few options new car wise, but you could still go home in a new Hyundai Accent, a Chevy Spark, probably a handful of other pretty basic uh, vehicles on the new market. But that same money will buy you a pretty shocking range of used cars. Um, it now allows you to be able to buy a handful of decent trucks and SUVs with plenty of CUVs available um, in that type of a price range. And since that's where a lot of car shopping is happening in the recent years, uh, it means that you're going to have a ton of different options in terms of, you know, which brands, which which models, uh, the features that they offer. And that's just going to vary depending on, you know, the perceived value of and reliability of certain brands or um, the mileage that one vehicle has versus another. But realistically, you might be looking at something like a Subaru or a Toyota CUV that are at the end of or out of their warranty period. Um, But it could still get you a Ford or a Nissan that's still within that time frame, that's still that new. Essentially, it just gives you a lot of different options uh, in this very common segment that people are buying in. Uh, But I want to return to some of those shocking differences uh, with the $25,000 budget, because this is now the point where you could take home a Toyota Sequoia, the seven-passenger wonderful, reliable SUV, but the ones that you're going to have to buy for that type of price have 160,000 miles or more. However, you could also be driving a Maserati, a 2002 Maserati GT Coupe with only 58,000 miles can be purchased for 25 grand as well. And clearly these vehicles are for two very different needs very different buyers uh, and the upkeep on each of them will be quite different as well but it just goes to show what the true range is in the types of vehicles you can buy with each budget uh, it can buy you an SUV that you see all over the place every day uh, it can buy a brand new car but it's going to be super basic you know, subcompact economy car, and it can also buy a rare and beautiful Italian grand touring sports car. As the budget increases, it presents even more kind of wild differences, and you look at things like a $50,000 car purchase. That's pretty much where we are with the average new car purchase price now. Uh, But you can get some pretty incredible used cars with that kind of budget. Uh, You're going to be looking at being able to buy things like the highest end, most loaded up versions of a Mercedes-Benz, a Lexus, or a Land Rover with $50,000 as long as you're comfortable buying them at the end of the warranty period or after it's expired. Should you do that? Maybe not, unless you're comfortable with some pretty high repair bills and the added cost of an extended warranty, uh, which will be more expensive on a car like that if you want to go that direction, but it's still an option. The difference in what you're getting in something like a five-year-old Mercedes S-Class versus a, you know, nearly new base model Mercedes is really impressive. I mean the the size, the comfort, the quality of some of the materials, it's very different. And if that's important to you, it just goes to show that for the same money as what you could buy on the new or just maybe certified pre-owned market, you can go buy the the highest end version of that same brand that's only a handful of years old for the same budget. And while fifty grand barely buys a new minivan these days, it can still get you a really nice three to five-year-old luxury SUV from Cadillac or Lexus. It can also buy a lightly used Dodge Viper or a fully restored classic car. The options are nearly endless. I wanted to keep this episode a little bit shorter. The last one ran longer than my typical episodes do. Uh, While the last one about how to sell your car was probably very thorough in descriptions and being very helpful. I wanted this one to be a little more fun. I wanted to help to explain, you know, what some of the differences are in what you can buy with the same budget. Because I see that a lot where people feel very just trained in on a specific car or a specific segment of car without actually giving consideration to some of the other options that are available to them depending on what their budget is, or people who are 100% dead set on buying a new car or a used car and ignoring some of the other potential cars that they could find themselves in uh, because of being so stuck in one specific train of thought. I also just find it very interesting, and I, I enjoy sharing this kind of content because I think we've all been trained to think that things like Uh, a flashy sports car is a super expensive vehicle, and maybe it's unobtainable because of that. And obviously, it it is pointless to buy a flashy two-door sports car if you have five people in your car every day and you can't fit them all in that. But if you don't, and you really like those types of cars, it's surprising, I think, a lot of times to realize that For the money you might spend on a newish Honda Accord, you could buy a lightly used Porsche Boxster or whatever version of that it is that maybe would fit your dream. I also just find it funny that you could see that sports car parked next to a modern truck and most people are probably going to look at the car, the sports car as being some sort of an exotic and expensive vehicle, but the reality is the truck that's next to it might cost twice as much to buy. So it's, to me, one of the most fun things about talking with clients about their options and helping to explain a little bit about how this all works and what some of those different variables are. It doesn't mean that I'm going to be suggesting to people that they go buy a 10-year-old exotic car just because it fits their price range, uh, but at the same time, I just think it's it's nice to know what's actually out there. If you are interested in talking with someone about a potential car purchase, uh, whether you live in my area or not, I offer consulting services to try to help with this and to help walk you through the entire purchasing process to look at what your budget is and give you some good estimates of what monthly payments will cost what your options will be uh, on the new versus the used market and to try to learn from what your desires and needs are to help you figure out what is the best possible solution what is the car you'll most enjoy and where can you go about your buying process so that you're happy with it that you feel comfortable with the budget and that in the end you're enjoying the car you drive reach out if that is something that would be of interest to you i'd be happy to talk to you about those different services and figure out what may make the most sense and how i can best help you you can find more about this at my website at thepropercar.com and on social media through username the underscore proper underscore car. DM me any of the places I am online or email me at podcast at thepropercar.com. Thanks for listening and until next time, enjoy the drive.